p.m. Saturday, May the 30th, uh, in the great city of St. Louis, the Midwest. I'd like to welcome you to Altitude Adjustment, the weekly podcast where we discuss people, politics, and professions. Uh, this afternoon, I've got as uh, my guest, uh, Keisha Betts and Warren Harper Jr. So today's subject um, is a, it has to deal with change, and, and change is usually slow and an arduous process. Now, change usually only happens uh, when it becomes more painful to continue to do what you're doing. Now, there are several ways to make change occur, and we're going to talk about one of those ways coming up right now. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Well, I want to thank you guys for joining me this afternoon. There we go. Well, let's see. So today we're going to try something a little different. Um, as you might be able to see down in the lower right-hand side, uh, I'm sorry, the lower left-hand side, uh, there's a chat window. So if you type um, a comment, then we'll be able to see it and you can be a part of the discussion. Uh, in the future, we're hopefully we will be able to add your video. Um, I want to thank Keisha and Warren for joining me this afternoon. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Very good. So, um, so we're talking about cancel culture and some people may know or may not know what cancel culture is, but cancel culture refers to the popular practice of withdrawing support for or canceling public figures and companies after they have done or said something considered objectionable or offensive. Now, cancel control is generally discussed as being performed on social media in the form of group shaming. Now, the beginning of cancel culture, or the beginning of the term, uh, was credited to black users of Twitter, where it has been used as a hashtag. As troubling information comes to light regarding celebrities who were once popular, such as Bill Cosby and Michael Jackson, Roseanne Barr and Louis, Louis C.K., uh, so come calls to cancel such figures. Um, one of the, uh, I don't know if I should start with, uh, probably the most recent, um, the most uh, recent of cancel culture, the um, Shaming of Joe Biden uh, as far as his comments about people not being black. And, and Warren and I have had um, an interesting discussion around that. Um, and maybe we can we can share a little bit of that uh, this this time. But um, my concern with cancel culture is. It, it seems to be a shotgun approach to uh, implementing change. Would you agree with that? Any one of you, um, my microphone doesn't talk by itself. So, so if you, well, I want to welcome Leonard. Uh, my brother Leonard showed up. I appreciate you being here, Leonard. Uh, can you hear us uh, fine? Can you hear me fine since I'm the only one talking? Well, um, let me say uh, this as far as uh, the expected outcome. I think uh, different people have different uh, views as far as expectation. You know, uh, 
sometimes you might not be thinking about change. You just want to let them know how you feel, you know, because some people are not going to change. So to expect change is kind of, you know, it's a high hope. Okay. Okay. So, so we've seen it. I think we've seen in the, in the, in this era of, um, in this era of social media, we see a lot of people speaking out on different issues and we see that a lot of people are getting fired. You know, many people are getting fired or their life has been changed dramatically because of the social, the cancel culture. And in some media outlets, there's been a, um, how do I say, they, they pushed back against cancel culture because um, they don't feel that it is um, helpful in our society. Okay. They don't feel it's helpful in our society. And so, and so I, is, is there a place for this cancel culture? Are we, are we doing things that are actually going to benefit society as a whole? I believe so. Um, I feel like a lot of these things that um, people are doing, they've been doing before mm-hmm. and it just hasn't been recorded. Um, it hasn't been shown to other people. So they've been able to get away with doing these things and hide, um, hide some of their actions that just aren't acceptable. Um, and posting it on social media, people are able to see, okay, well, this is someone that I work with or someone that I do business with, and I've never seen this side of them. And that kind of brings to light kind of who some of these people really are, some of the things that they do behind closed doors. Yeah, so I can see that. Pardon me. I can see that. Um, But one of the concerns that I have with that is Um, We're litigating society in a tweet. We're litigating behavior um, before we've had due process of of defining people's actions, whether they uh, deserve to be, have that level of scrutiny supplied to them. So like we're talking, we're having a conversation, we're, we're, um, challenge and we're, we're exploring the concepts of <clears throat> of cancel culture during this conversation one of us can say something that quite a few people really don't like and may not really understand the full context of it they may come into the video or the you know deep into the conversation or something and when they hear something they get immediately offended they start posting that um, and they call it shameful and they and they and they say this is horrible. And then the next person doesn't, you know, people that follow don't go back and look at the video doing that. And so that's that's my concern is that we're not <clears throat> that this. So there is a I, I agree that there is a, a, a good thing about you know, people being brought to task. Um, and, and those things, and I, Leonard just made a comment and I'll get to that in just a second. Um, people being brought to task. And I, and I think that that's necessary. Um, my biggest concern is that, uh, 
we're doing it in such an emotional way that we're not trying to let a dupe a process play out where a person makes a comment, makes a stumble, and then is allowed to, <clears throat> allowed to uh, further explain themselves so that they're better understood rather than um, we shame them for being misunderstood. Is that is that fair? But if your stumble causes someone to lose their life, that's not just a, oh, oops, my bad. I mean, if she had, if he hadn't recorded her in the park and the cops show up and she's screaming bloody murder, I, I mean, we've seen what happens to African-American men. The, the cops aren't, may not necessarily ask questions. They may attack him or do harm to him. And she's just like, oh, my bad. I, I was nervous because he made a comment towards me. Like some of these things need to be exposed. And sometimes I feel like they're just hiding behind who they, who they are, I guess. So, <clears throat> so do you have any like major concerns about people unfairly being tarnished? So like take the Biden incident. Uh, so Joe Biden says, if you vote for Trump, you're not black. So in the black community, there we are not a monolith. We do, there's some people that vote conservative, there's some people that vote moderate, there's certain, some people vote neoliberal or you know whatever um, political lean you wanna put out there. Um, and so he made the comment that uh, if you vote for Trump, uh, you're not black. And in the community, black people have said things like that. Would you agree? That black people have said things like that? Right. Oh, every day. So. But that's black people saying it. Right. And that, and that was part of the issue that we had was um, you believe that he deserved the level of criticism that he received simply because he was probably speaking about something you didn't think he, he knew enough about to speak about. And so, so and not putting, only that, go ahead. No, go ahead. And not only that, if he really knew black people, I think he would have known better. And it shows how he if knew. If black people would say, well, if you vote, Donald Trump, you're not black. And then Donald Trump says that. I mean, not Donald Trump, but uh, Joe Biden says that. How, what leg do we stand on? What what grounds do we stand on to criticize him? Um, if it's something that, that we would say. why? why it, there are things that I think black people can say to other black people that is not acceptable for white people to say to black people. But where do how do we draw that line? How how do we how do we make it fair that when we're shaming the person, we're shaming them for something um, that that is egregious and that without uh, and that they that that they should know. Now you say that they should know. 
I think we all know um, white people. I think he wasn't familiar with the culture. I think I think we all know white people who 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 hang around or who who have black family or um, black friends, and they make jokes of the cultural behaviors of each group. So so you have a white friend and you you say to your white friend why do white people do this or why do white people do that and your black your white friend says you know why do you black people always eat chicken or something like something of that nature and so there's a a familiarity that they gain with each other and then if they say that outside their group of friends they're going to be shamed for it. They're going to be canceled by the, the, by the culture at large because while they have permission to discuss that within their small group, they don't have permission to discuss that with a group outside of the people that they hang out with. Well, I, I, I would have to say that you know, it's a situation where right now everybody's so tense and wound up about current events, all this crazy stuff with Trump and the, the election in general, even uh, with the Democratic Party and its, uh, you know, lack of unity that uh, people are hypersensitive and, and going to over-scrutinize but at the same time, I think that, um, you know, I don't consider Biden canceled by by the reaction. I just feel like people are letting him know how they felt. And I don't think at, at the end of the day, I don't think the whole situation is going to change anybody's folks. So as far as him being canceled, I think it is what it is. I think it was... He said something a lot of us didn't like. They reacted, and people will move on. And and here's changed their mind. I don't know, but I think most people have already have an opinion. So so there were people who have influence, who um, have you know several thousand followers on Facebook or on YouTube that were saying that because Biden said what he said, uh, that they they should withhold their votes. And I understand what you're saying is that some people are not going to make that influence their their particular vote, but, but I think that there are people that are gonna be influenced by that. And as you mentioned, you, you know, um, a lot of it was reaction was was emotional, mm-hmm. and so my concern is um, if we if we do a lot of emotional with this, if it, if it becomes an emotional thing, um, that it can do a lot more harm. I won't say a lot more harm than good, but it maybe it could do as much damage as it does good. Um, so, so there is activism happening with Black Lives Matter. 
and over the, um, I think his name was George Floyd killing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, it, it, you know, that cancel culture, that, you know, people tweeting about it, people getting involved is what drives a lot of these, uh, uh, drives a lot of these demonstrations, these protests, Mm -hmm. and those protests are what's going to get done. And you can see the progression. Um, there was the, the online, um, there was online rage. And then that rage turned into physical protests. And that physical protest turned into action. And so, so you can see the good that was done there. But, but I can also see the potential harm that was done. I'm going to, run to Leonard's comment real quick. Um, not being a member of the black community, he is critic he is criticism criticism of the way black people folding patterns go is not acceptable. Um, so so I think Leonard is saying uh, what 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 you were saying is that um, that maybe he's not in touch with the community, the black community, as uh, to make that comment in the way that he did. And like I say, because of because black people are uh, because we're all different and we all expect different things. I I personally did not see anything traumatic about his comment. I would I and and I tend to be a little bit more conservative. I tend to be more. Um, if you say something that offends me or that that causes me to rethink it, then I rather than get, you know, push back against your comment, I try to ask you, did you mean it that way? This is this is what I've heard. This is what I think you said and give you give that person an opportunity to restate or further flush out what they were trying to say so that I don't. Um, make my first reaction a gut reaction, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so with, with it, with me being that way, um, what I see with the cancel culture is, is that most of it is gut reaction. Not, not that gut reaction isn't right to some degree. It just doesn't give people an opportunity to better state their case. Because now they're playing defense. So mm-hmm. so Joe Biden said what he said. And then there was this big pushback. Not from every black person, but from enough black people that he felt he had to defend himself rather than explain himself. And yeah. I think we get better outcomes when there's an explanation and not a defense. Yeah, well, it would be even better if uh, there was an opportunity to sit down face to face and say, hey, look, like, uh, what did you mean? Or, uh, you know, what's what's going on, Joe, and have a conversation. But we all know with a celebrity or a person or politician, somebody of that stature, it's almost impossible to get that type of relationship and uh, have a heart to heart discussion. So. All we really have is that emotional reaction that you can 
you know, push out if it really touches you. So, you know, there's no real opportunity. But I think he needs to um, think think before he speaks for sure because um, certain things are, are hot buttons with black people. And uh, he doesn't seem to be aware of that. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so I, I guess I can understand, you know, where you're coming from with that. And I think uh, that's important to understand. But <clears throat> at which point, or is there a point that non-African Americans can comment on African American culture? Not if you're not part of it or don't understand it. Yeah, that that's going to be touchy because yeah. uh, you know, right? Even if they have relationships and know about the culture, you know, they still have to be careful what they say because that's no different than us talking about white folks. You know, uh, I, I'm I try not to say all white folks this, all white folks that, even though in conversation we may say white folks this, white folks that, when you're speaking in public, <laughs> you have to watch what you say, you know? So that's the way it is, you know? Okay. So, so, so Keisha says, uh, if you don't understand the culture, how will we know when a white, uh, a non-African American understands the culture enough to comment on the culture. How do we get there? That's hard. Um, yeah, you know, like Warren said that it's just, that's a touchy subject. That's a, a gray area. Just like, I, I would almost relate it to um, like a sibling. If I said, my brother's stupid, he's this, he's that. If our neighbor down the street then comes and says, your brother's stupid, then we're ready to fight because that's my brother. Like right. we're part of one family. We know each other. We know each other's struggles, backgrounds, history. We, we know each other. You are on the outside. You may know us, but you do not know us. So you can't come in and now say the same comments or say, you know, judgmental comments about us because you don't know us. So I, I fully agree to some point with that. Um, so yes, there are things that are inside jokes. And that was what I mentioned earlier. If, you know, you have a white friend or, or you're a black person, black person has a white friend or your white person has a black friend. There are things that you can share within your group that you can't share outside of your group. Right. But a truth is a truth. So, so if I have a friend and we're la laughing and joking about um, a different culture, um, why is that not okay if we have to live together as cultures? How, if I have to, so, so I'm trying to live with you. I'm trying to live with you and your culture is different than mine. And I can't have a conversation with you about your culture. 
how are we supposed to blend? How are we supposed to get along? How are we supposed to get together? How are you supposed to understand my culture if I don't let you talk about my culture? If I don't give you the okay, uh, uh, and if we don't have a set of rules that defines when it's okay for non-African Americans to talk about non-African, uh, talk about American African American culture, how do we get to um, live and work together, or is it just we're always going to be separated into these groups? It's one thing to ask questions about another culture or try to understand another culture, but it's different to make a prejudgment about that culture or to say all of Indian people are this way and all white people are this way. That There's a difference. Right. I, I, I agree that. I agree with that. Is there a, is there a, is there a window of opportunity? Okay. We as black people, and I, I think it's got to be with any culture, critique other people in our culture. We critique their behavior. Um, you and I have uh, had the conversation about black hair. Black hair is a cultural thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so commenting on black hair is a generalization. Right. If you're asking about black hair, if wow, if someone might. outside of my culture asks me a question about my hair, that's different than someone outside of my culture saying all black women have nappy hair. I, I, what what about what about um, so that's a negative. That's you know, uh, so we know that nappy is a derogative term. Right. It's not. Our hair is not nappy, it is curly. Right. Um, so we know that nappy is derogatory. So, so I guess what I'm trying to get at is how do we bridge cultural gaps and allow one another to be able to experience the culture of another group? in a way that it brings us closer together and not separates us. Because as long as I don't allow you to talk about my culture, you're always going to feel like an outsider. How do we become insiders to each other? Insider. You? Oh, go ahead. I'm not sure how to answer that one. I mean, what's an insider? What's an outsider? I would ask that. Well, I mean, so, <clears throat> so as you mentioned, uh, sometimes in the course of conversation, when you're with somebody and you say white people this and white people that, well, mm -hmm. let's just take um, racism. Okay. We say racism is a white person's issue. Correct? Yeah. It's a That's white person's issue. Because we can't be racist. Because we don't have the power. We don't have the power. So when we talk about racism, we're talking about white people. 
So if we're saying that, and white people can say, you don't know my culture. You can't call me a racist. (laughs) And so I'm saying, how do we bridge those gaps so that we can resolve problems? I have to be able to talk to you. I have to be able to say to you, your behavior, I like this aspect of your behavior. I don't like this aspect of your behavior. And, um, and, and we all be able to recognize what that means and how that affects, impacts us so that we can make sure that we're building things together so that we're, we're coexisting and not, um, and not siloing in our own worlds and saying, you know, um, you can't, you can't be a part of my world because you know, you don't understand it. I'm not saying that 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 they don't understand it. I, there are some people that do, and and we I think we both all we all know that there are people who are outside of our culture who didn't who weren't born in our culture that understand our culture. Yeah, that's true. So so so, what are the markers? that allow that person to be able to, because that person that you and I know or the people that you and I know don't know every black person. And because, and because we know that that person connects with the African-American culture, they understand the African-American culture enough to be able to talk about it intelligently. If they go outside of our our circle they're going to be just fricassee if they they're going to be canceled if they go outside of our group you know outside of us and make the comments that they would make to us inside our inside of our personal conversations is that is that fair Well, it's it's possible whether it's fair or not. That's hard to say. I mean, um, sometimes it's best just to uh, tiptoe lightly and watch what you say, you know, in mixed company. Because right now things are just so tense and uh, hyped up. Uh, it's it's a bad situation, you know. You have to be ten times as careful now with so much going on. Everybody hostile, angry, you know, ready to fire off on on things. Uh, so, yeah, it's. I guess that's one of the reasons why people aren't having a lot of conversations because maybe some people are scared to say how they think, how they feel, or they, they're worried about if the person will be offended, but at the same time, you know, if you want to, if you want to get along, if you want to get to know one another, you have to have those conversations. So that's a challenge for everybody. You know, you have to just think, I think sensitively and uh, before you say certain things, but be, be open to be honest. Okay. Did you want to, so we're going to, close the show it is um, we've hit our time limit here 
And uh, did you want to make a closing comment, Keisha? No, I agree with Warren. Very good. Um, so, so uh, Leonard. Oh, one question. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. One quick. No, go ahead. Is do you feel still that Biden is canceled, or people just uh, so what I mean back? by canceled? So mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I didn't. Were you finished asking your question? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So canceled doesn't always mean that the person was fired or that the person was relegated to uh, irrelevance. It simply means that um, there is such negative pushback that that the person has been damaged socially mm -hmm. by the, the, the engine that is social media. Okay. So do I think Biden has been canceled? Absolutely. Not canceled to the point of where he's no longer relevant, but he has been damaged by that. There are people okay. who are questioning their vote for him based on what has happened. And to that, I would just say, uh, I've been listening to people who have questioned and crossed him off long before that. Oh, I, I, I can't, I can't disagree with that. I, there were people that wouldn't have voted for Biden. I, I don't care if he had worn a tutu and and sang, you know, Christmas carols. They weren't going to vote for him. Um, right. I, I follow Bernie, and uh, not that uh, I'm not bitter or upset about it, but uh, the Bernie supporters that are, you know, the hardcore Bernie supporters, they just he ain't even on the list. So, and then there's other people that were like just looking for an alternative, and uh, I don't think he ever fit the bill. Okay, okay, yeah, I'm, yeah. you know, I don't, I'm, I mean, I think we, if we're gonna discuss Biden, I think we should make a, you know, that, that's a more, that's a different political conversation. Okay, um, but so I make note of that, and maybe we can, um, we can have that conversation a little later. Uh, I do want to mention Leonard says, uh, you go from being an outsider to an insider by first asking questions and learning. And uh, I think we all would agree with that. It's, mm -hmm. uh, exactly. but my question, my thought is, so you've learned, you've asked the questions, you've learned, when do you get an opportunity to have input? Input as far as what? So, so we talked about um, that you have to tread lightly if you're outside of our culture and you're making a comment about our culture, you have okay. to tread lightly, correct? Okay, I, I, I think I see what you're saying. As far as that goes, mm -hmm. I, I think uh, tread lightly again because <laughs> At the end of the day, <laughs> he is still a white boy. <laughs> that's, you know, that's that's my friend Warren boy. <laughs> he's not climbing that wall that easy. <laughs> All right. And then one more thing, he speaks though after that when he responded, after he made the comment and realized he screwed up, he started throwing out things like, 
about all these black folks that supported him, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And that just raised a lot more questions about who those people were because we don't really know that environment and the reason he was getting the support, if he was getting that support, he claimed. Sound, you know, I don't know. I agree. Perfect. And, and, and I said that earlier. Um, so I said that earlier is that, um, oh, uh, so I, I it jumped out of my head. All right. So you, you're saying, so, yeah, that's what it was. Biden, rather than explain himself so that we better understood what he meant, he went to the defensive mm-hmm. because he's, he's, he's trying to reach the, our community and we've made so the, the cancel culture has made it it's it's a weapon that says if we don't get what we want, we will make you irrelevant. And so I think rather than him being able to then him taking the opportunity to ex- better explain himself, he had to play defense. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I don't think defense helped him or us. I agree. I agree with that. He didn't look any better. He didn't look any better. It didn't help. It didn't help him and it didn't help us. So, so the cancel culture, um, I think can be, can cause um, a lot of damage as well as bring about uh, some positive change. So one of the things that um, that I mentioned to you guys earlier was the, this whole ability to impact and influence what goes on in society is being is in, is including people who don't who have the potential to vote, who are, are voting age, who haven't registered to vote, have never voted, have no intention of voting. And yet they get a voice in the candidate that could be president of the United States. So what I mean is they jump on the bandwagon to beat up on Joe Biden. Joe Biden gets damaged. Joe Biden becomes unelectable. And, and this is a potential problem. And yet these people do not register to vote. They have not registered to vote, never have been registered to vote, will never probably register to vote. And they're participating in our public discourse. That's the problem I have with the cancel culture is that how do you get a voice when we have an established method 
of litigating some of this stuff. And people have bypassed that. They are now participating in the public dialogue without doing the work, without going down and registering to vote. Getting up on that Tuesday morning, because I think voting is on Tuesdays, getting up on that Tuesday morning, standing in line, punching ballots, whatever it takes to, to, to make this um, society work. And all they have to do is have an internet connection and a Twitter account. And they're counted. I think they're just trying to bring awareness to what's going on or sharing what's going on, not necessarily trying to have someone's reputation damaged or have their name defamed. I think they're just trying to show, like, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. Okay. I question sometimes how you determine uh, a person's age based on and whether they vote based on what's online. I mean, it's uh, how do you where do you get the statistics from? I don't know this I person didn't. votes or not and what their age is. I, I didn't. OK, so. I, did, I don't remember. Did I did I say something about you know age and voting? That's what I thought I heard. You were talking about young folks who don't haven't registered and don't vote. I'm so not... do you? Do you? Okay. I do not know every individual that has a Twitter account, how old they are, and if they're registered to vote. That is correct. I do not know. So I do not have empirical data that shows that a lot of people who are participating in the cancel culture, in the dialogue that's going on in our society, I do not have proof that all of them do not, have not registered to vote and do not vote. The statistics okay. I do have is that a third of Americans register a bull Voters, only a third actually vote. Okay. Okay. So it's quite possible. Stuff. It's quite possible that everybody that makes a comment on Twitter or Facebook or YouTube is a registered voter and votes. I just am not buying. Oh, no, I, I would say, well, we know a number of people don't vote for sure. I'm just wondering how they break down, you know, the categories. I also hear a lot of comments about people in my age group, which I'm considered a boomer, right? right. You know, born in the mid-50s. And I just have to step back and say, you know, that's not me. I, I disagree with what you're saying about those people. Maybe a lot of them do do this, do do that, 
and or think this way, think that way. But I find myself on the other side of what people seem to the category that they put people in my age bracket in. So I guess maybe I'm just different. But I think uh, I kind of question statistics sometimes when people say, well, yeah, they're this, they're that, you know, and they're from that era, you know, like a monolith, you know, because you were a certain age. Okay. I think we have to be careful with that. Okay. I just, I, you know, at this particular point, I have a concern that people that are, a lot of people that are participating in the um, cancel culture, that are making comments about celebrities, about politicians, about companies, don't actively participate in the most important tool for change in our society. Okay. I honestly believe voting, while a lot gets done with Twitter, the muscle, the true muscle for change is voting. Now, if you if you have a different argument for that than I do, please share it. I'd love to hear it. No, I think basically uh, when it comes down to certain issues, that's your only option. You know? Not a lot of other things you can do. All righty. So we are... We are out of time. Well, we're not actually out of time. We can, we can take a little bit more if that's necessary. But unless you guys have some more to add, I'm going to close the show. I think I'm good. Very good. <laughs> Excellent. I do appreciate you both joining me. I Hopefully, you will join me um, the next time. I want to thank everybody for listening in. This podcast uh, is a weekly podcast uh, every Saturday, 2 p.m. Central. And for the month of July um, is my summer vacation, so it'll, I'll be, um, I will not be podcasting. Um, and please visit the website for the latest information. <clears throat> I want to thank you very much. That concludes this episode, and thank All you right. for listening. I'll talk to you guys later. This podcast is designed for live listener interaction. Visit the website thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com slash home for details about how to join the conversation. The video version of Altitude Adjustment is available on YouTube. Search for Lions Den STL. And the audio podcast is available on Stitcher.com, Anchor.fm, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Look for Altitude Adjustment where you get your podcast and consider making a contribution by visiting anchor.fm slash altitude dash adjustment two. Remember, the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes because it matters. As always, be cool, be calm, and above all, be careful. Look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you.